Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and you already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Let's make some mayhem. Shoot and loot your way through a mayhem-fueled adventure in Borderlands 3. Blast through new worlds and enemies as one of four new playable Vault Hunters, each with deep skill trees, abilities, and customization. Play solo or with your friends to take on insane enemies, score loads of loot, and save the galaxy from a fanatical threat. Mayhem is coming September 13th on PC, Xbox One, and PS4. Pre-order now at Borderlands.com. Rated M for Mature. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to Giant Size Heroes number 21. 21 feels like a big number. Uh, this, yeah. this podcast is now legally able to drink. drink. It's Look at that. It's ready to go. Not even a koi crime. It's it's not even. Not even. Even in Europe and America, you can <laughs> drink all over. Wherever you listen to this, if you've been listening since you were one and somehow a year passed every week, you could drink. Now, <laughs> on this giant size episode, also on I did movie talk this morning and I actually – I wasn't thinking when I was talking and we were uh, – have you seen the trailer for the new Adam Sandler movie? No. Uh, it looks amazing. It's called Un- Uncut Gems and it's like a drama. Cool. Uh, but it's a crime thriller and I wasn't – I was just talking about why I was excited and I was just like, man, I just – 
I like crime. We know. And I was like, oh, no, Koi Crimes is now on Movie Talk. Like, <laughs> I didn't contain it to the podcast booth. Now the world knows. If it stayed in one place, it wouldn't be Koi Crimes. And it wouldn't, yeah, it's not criminal to do stuff contained. Live recklessly. <laughs> trespass reason. is what Koi is saying. I just trespass on all the shows you can. That's what I do. That's how I got here. <laughs> uh, now, we are talking this week about many, many things, so we might just bop around because there's a lot of small news this week. Uh, this week on Heroes, we did discuss the Jonah Hill and Jeffrey Wright casting madness. We also talked about Canary. Uh, what, canaries? Canaries. canaries. The, the Canaries are getting a show. I don't know exactly what the title will be, but yes. The Canaries. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about Tom Welling and Erica Durant being on Smallville, so do check out Heroes because uh, the, all of that news is, is headline news and hey. real, real hype. Yeah. But here on Giant Size, we're going to dive into... Watchmen stuff. Yes. Now, they are saying the graphic novel is canon to the show. I, along with at least a few other corners of the internet, had thought it was existing in the world of Watchmen and that it wasn't a direct canonical sequel. But Amy was – it's like the Berenstein Bears thing. Yeah. Amy was under the impression, yeah, of course it's a sequel. It's Watchmen. So – I want to talk about this it. is fascinating because yeah, the the we we all came away from earlier comments I think with different impressions. My thing had been that they said, "Look, all the events of Watchmen happened. They happened in the past, but this isn't a sequel. It's more of a remix." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, but if it's set in the same world and all the events happened in the past, it is a sequel because that's what sequel means." <laughs> uh, but this week we 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 got more clarification on that because I think Damon Lindelof had said his idea of a sequel is that it should continue the same story. And he thinks of this more as beginning a new story. So it's that shade of meaning that he is trying to bring up by saying it is not a sequel. But I think that's why it's so confusing. Because when he said wasn't a sequel, you and a lot of people assumed it meant is not a sequel, as in does not take place later chronologically in the events of this world. And, remix and that implies, is what they're talking about. Yeah, and like a remix I would have thought wouldn't necessarily have canonical, like it wouldn't be married to canon. Right. And this specifically sounds like it is married to canon. Yeah. So I I mean, especially the phrase remix to me yielded very different thoughts and feels. Um, we have had so many confusing things to react to in the lead up to Watchmen. It's fairly exciting. Because it's almost like Watchmen's confusing and dense. <laughs> Even their marketing through quotes mirrors the Watchmen. <laughs> See, adult dramas, sometimes they're confusing. Uh, Watchmen, I admit, was the first comic I read that confused me because I, I tried to read it when I was just reading Cape stuff. Uh, so I was probably nine, no, ten. You didn't. Uh, yeah, oh, I tried. Oh, uh, no. So I remember reading Watchmen at, at young, nine or ten. Right. Uh, and just thinking the costumes were like superheroes, but none of their choices made sense. Like it was – I remember that's a that. Good like, read for a ten-year-old, actually. That's I, I, that's a, probably an appropriate reaction to be having. I was doing okay, <laughs> but I remember reading it like you know when you're a kid and you watch an adult movie that's not adult for like boobs or yelling. It's a, it's adult for like nuanced themes. Right. I read it like I was watching Downton Abbey. I was like, why are we here? Mm-hmm. Why is it why so are these slow? Doing this? They're talking a lot. Why is there an Egyptian cat? What's going on? So I have a really funny read on Watchmen when I read it now as an adult. I'm just like, ah. Subtext, That's and now, now with the show, I feel like I'm gonna watch it with this weird like, like oh history. Ten year old Koi grew up, and he's like, ah, oh, there's a show now. That's very uh, exciting. Hopefully, I, so that will be the thought I will carry with me if like ten <laughs> year olds are watching this HBO show, which I'm sure will be like dark and full of terrors. Uh, Koi crimes. Ten year olds watch it. They might grow up into Koi's who will someday rewatch that and be like, wow, I really missed most of that. <laughs> oh wow, that a lot was happening there. Hmm. If you think things are a two adult for you, they might be, and then check them out later. <laughs> Speaking of interesting canon and things being confusing, 
Robert Redford is, in <laughs> fact, the president of the Watchmen universe. He is the canon president because of a series of events that happen causing them to elect an actor as president. But you know who won't be appearing in Watchmen? Actor Robert Redford. This is one of those things that's a lot less confusing in comics where right. you can do lots of things and nobody is wondering. Like it, it's just the weirdness of playing with real world figures mm-hmm. uh, when you're also making a show and the real world figure in question is a living actor. He's around the street. Like when you <laughs> filmed this, he was a flight away. <laughs> so it's just weird to think about like our guy Robert Redford who you may have recently seen in Endgame, another comic property, as Robert Redford – the actor as president, but not in the show. So I just – I loved the fact that they just were like, no, no, he's not in it, but he's our president. So we'll see. It's uh, weird to think of – I can't uh, – frankly, I can't imagine being a living human who is as mu- enough of a cultural and historical figure that like – and this isn't the first time someone has been parodied in something or oh, have their – like, but to to live a life where – that is somehow fair game. Like there's a fictional universe where you're president. No one has to ask you and you're not involved. You're that public of a figure. It's so strange and somehow weirder than the exact same concept in comics, which is a thing we see and do all the time. Like like Nick Fury, which turned into real. Uh, right. But what's interesting to me is on the exact same but flip side – being so like being so famous, you become an actual uh, uh, like Reagan, like being famous and then being a political figure, like being so world renowned. Surreal in a different way. Yeah, like imagine being like I was an actor and now I have the button. Like I can't imagine being like Arnold Schwarzenegger going from the set of Predator to like thirty years later. There's being nothing the governor. about that that makes any sense. It doesn't really. make any sense. So I'm fascinated by both sides of the coin: being an actor looking at someone making a presidential commentary on you, or being a presidential figure and being. Having been a commentary on. And without too much commentary, maybe we should elect politicians and not celebrities. I'm not uh, saying just, that it's important to have political the background. The specific people we were just talking about are not really the ones. Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> hey, Arrow's got a new poster. It sure does. What an easier topic to discuss. Sure do like this subject. Uh, Arrow also got a trailer which dropped as we press play and record. Neither of us have seen Like the moment I saw a tweet oh. pop up as we recorded. And it'd be very rude to make you guys sit here for two minutes. So we're not going to do that. And you but, already know that we record this ahead of time. I'm sorry about that. Yep. But, uh, so uh, headcanon, we hadn't seen it yet, but it sure was great, I assume, because I like Arrow. Uh, the poster's cool. I am going to miss Stephen Amell as Arrow. I think he does a great job. Uh, I mean, he's no Justin Hartley, but who is? Uh, <laughs> and I really like that it's – I like how they're doing so much press for the final season. I really – I'm glad it's getting a send-off. They I think are it's making really cool. a nice big deal out of what ought to be a nice big deal. Yeah, the Arrowverse is, cool. is a big thing. Yeah, and as we have now learned, is not over. Nope. We knew the Arrowverse extended wasn't over, but we specifically know that the characters from the world of Arrow are going to continue on. In the Canaroverse. Yeah, Canaroverse is so good. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. The Canaroverse. It lives on. Trademark. Code Genre 2019. <laughs> filmed on Tuesday before the internet took that. Know that I said it first. <laughs> having not seen the trailer for Arrow. Uh, we also got uh, some quotes on the Marvel side. Uh, Haley Atwell gave a great quote that just... One, Haley Atwell, thank you just for being, just for existing, just for being so well-spoken and lovely and just charming and thank you. I do feel uh, like this is on here under the subcategory that we have sometimes like for Kate Blanchett where it's just like, thank you. Please continue. I just – I just, just please be out there being you. Thank you for everything that you do by just being alive today. Sometimes I forget my childlike crush on Haley Atwell and then I see her name in a quote. I'm like, got to read that. Haley Atwell said it. And then I'm yeah. like, I'm 14. Like when you're reading Teen Beat and you're like, got to know what they said. What's Nick – Frost's haircut. No, what's his name? Nick. 
What no, go that? with Nick Frost. Nick Frost. The hero of Teen Beat. <laughs> I'm into it. Happy Nick, birthday, Space. Nick Carter, but also Nick Frost. I'm now picturing Nick Frost with Nick Carter's haircut on the cover of Teen Beat, and it is an inspired image. Oh, my God. Uh, he's on the cover with Devin Sawa, and uh, who else would have been on there at the time? And uh, Jonathan No, just make Taylor it Simon Pegg. Go with this. Oh, Simon Pegg as with Jonathan Taylor Thomas's haircut, and Nick Frost with Nick Carter's haircut, and Devin Sawa with... I am speechless. Benedict Cumberbatch's haircut. Sure. Guys, don't go in my brain. It's dangerous. The quote from Haley Atwell is, uh, when describing the first episode of What If, wherein she plays Captain Britain, which is a Captain America-flavored take on the character. I can't wait. Uh, She describes it as, quote, it's a beautiful aesthetic. What they've done, and they've matched a lot of my vocal performances to then creating the animation. So you see a lot of her emotional reactions in the animation. So it doesn't feel like it's too kind of unrealistic or too cartoony. It just feels like it's a beautiful tone that they found with her i am very curious what the animation feels like because it's not a cartoon that's coming from nowhere it's coming from a visual ip that has live action mm-hmm. so i'm really curious what's going to be like we, we've seen Haley atwell as peggy carter speak because we've seen the movies i'm curious what it feels like when we see her animated speak like that that that, that uh, uncanny valley of the voice coming out of an animated character this made me very intrigued what the animation style is going to be because i never noticed um like, for example, Mahershala Ali in Spider-Verse. I mm-hmm. never thought, oh, that's Mahershala Ali. I thought there's his Uncle Aaron. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious how much I'm able to distance myself from Haley Atwell, the actress from Simpsons. Oh, interesting. Have you had that experience before when, like, a celeb will re- reprise their performance where you can have trouble separating? Hard. Okay. I have a He's real nodding. hard time watching cartoons. I'm nodding on a podcast because I'm cool. used to video. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have a hard time separating um, – when I played Spider-Man, I, I knew Yuri was my guy. Like, I heard my friend Yuri. Yuri Lowenthal, the voice actor who plays Spider-Man in the PS4 Spider-Man game. Is is a person that I know in life. So when I was playing it, I was picturing someone that I, like, see. So it was very alarming. I was able to distract myself. But, like, Travis Willingham goes to Burning Man with me. So Kingpin was just like, hey, it's Travis. <laughs> so I had a really hard time, like, separating uh, the people. So I hope that I don't oh, have that here. that's fascinating. I picture the, the 3D human every time I watch a cartoon. The whole time I was watching... Spider-Verse, I heard Dope. Uh, like the, the movie Dope is how I pictured Miles, even though on screen he looked very different. But you were okay with Mahershala? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it, I think it depends on how much I'm married to the visual of the person. Interesting. Yeah. Like I pictured like the, the, the Miles discrepancy was tricky because in Dope he plays a very similar character. So maybe that's why because the characters are so similar. Because mm. when I was watching Dope, I was like, oh, this guy would be a great Miles. Five years later, he was. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I have a hard time with cartoons to be honest. And I don't watch a lot of animation and I like to because I like animation. But I have a different um, separation of reality than a lot of people. That's fascinating. I can't wait to see how that unfolds. I can't wait to see what choices they've made aesthetically, yeah. what Haley's talking about here. Uh, and, yeah, we're all really looking forward to it. I am I am very intrigued by what they make out of What If. And uh, Jeffrey Wright is now both Commissioner Gordon and The Watcher. So good. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, we also got a quote from Elizabeth – not Banks. Elizabeth Olsen <laughs> talking about WandaVision. And the way she described this has me real excited. She said, quote, it's going to be a wacky and wild and something unlike any other Marvel film yet. I think the reason that Marvel Studios uh, president Kevin Feige was really interested in doing it was to really push the boundaries. And what we're about to do is really avant-garde, really experimental and really just crazy and messed up. And then it just becomes a huge action movie at the end. So I think you're going to love it. I don't need a trailer now. Those four sentences are everything. Like, 
Give me avant-garde crazy and then build into an action movie. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for reaching into my brain. It's going to be so good. Give me I'm that excited. Tom King M of House. <laughs> uh, what do you what do you take from this quote? I'm the same thing. I, I'm very <laughs> excited. Uh, I it, it tends to support the idea that like there may be illusions at stake that get sort of exposed or uh, – the question being, do those illusions come internally from the characters or are they being exposed externally? Um, and that I hope we don't know for a long time. But uh, that it will end up with sort of traditional superhero action, I'm I'm excited about because that will be fun to watch in addition to something we've never seen before with these incredibly talented sitcom actor type yeah. uh, comedian people that they've surrounded themselves with. I'm so excited. I can't wait for the dichotomy of – I mean, Paul Bettany is, is like Shakespearean and yes. Elizabeth Olsen is very like – she's got prowess and presence and all these things juxtaposed with these actors that have comedic presence. I can't wait to feel the Cat different Danica tones. Randall Park. It's yeah. going to be so good. And like the, the Andy uh, – what, 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 what was the parallel? Um, Dick Van Dyke show. Uh, the Dick Van Dyke commentary of like what tone of sitcom it is and I can't wait to see that juxtaposed with Marvel action and oh, we live in such good times. Yeah. I, it's years away, but we're very excited. Very excited. Like I'm pe- peeling over quotes excited. Uh, <laughs> also, this is another example of me – just like nodding on a podcast, this is another example of me not being used to podcasts. I intentionally didn't include an image on the Nightwing shot because it was paparazzi. Obviously, you wouldn't see it. This is a podcast. I was <laughs> like, we don't do paparazzi photos on Heroes. No, Koi. It's an audio podcast. <laughs> so I found a link that didn't include paparazzi photos for this audio commentary on Nightwing. See, and I figured you were just responding to this actual thing happening, which I am very excited about because uh, the the actual episode that is out, this is not really spoilers, but we're going to discuss something that happens on the newest episode of Titans. And as I usually do, I'm going to mention the fact that I am lucky enough to work over DC Universe because both it's fun to say that and because <laughs> it would feel inappropriate if I didn't. But something uh, happens that is very... But legit, I sat up in my chair. It's real cool. Uh, when this happened on the newest episode of Titans. And, uh, and spoiler start now. The weapons of <laughs> Nightwing are wielded in such a glorious manner. And the pose, like it just felt like a comic book frame. Dick Grayson's fighting with a big long stick and it gets broken in half and he just keeps fighting. And, and uh, me and every other nerd on the earth, like our spirits just started leaving our body because we went Nightwing. When it gets broken in half, his hands don't... But my, my favorite moment of that was when it gets broken in half, his hands don't have to adjust. They're just at the ready in the pose of Nightwing. It just yeah. It was so well choreographed for me to be like, oh, uh, thank you. DC for yeah. making that moment happen. And uh, we also, earlier in the week, there were some paparazzi shots of uh, maybe... I haven't looked because we respect the life I'm living. Yeah, and that's good. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, I well, The problem was I saw it because <laughs> I was looking at someone's story sure. uh, that's on the show. That she plays Dove. You mean an um, Instagram story? Yeah, like an Instagram yeah, okay. story. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, she plays Dove. I forget her name. Uh, Minka Kelly? Minka Kelly. I was scrolling through stories and Minka Kelly had a, had a video and she pans and you accidentally see him in like just the chest piece. Hmm. So I'd already seen it. So then I was like, well, now I want to see it clearer. Aww. So then I snooped. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so it was already paparazzied at me by, <laughs> by a co-star. Uh, so it looks so cool and I'm very excited. And uh, did you see the the thing with all the butts this week on Twitter? Oh, it's Nicole, Nicholas Scott. Yeah. I was I was like, this should be on no, our no, list that, of that news was, stories. Yeah, subtext. Nick, Nicholas Scott, uh, friend only of the, the show. There's the one butt. But the cosplayer I'm talking about. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. What? That's that's what I'm talking about. So Nicholas Scott has that amazing series of art that she released this week of all of the different heroes. And Nightwings, there's, uh, he's in the traditionally female 90s perspective of that badonkadonk. And now we're, <laughs> we're starting to sexualize men just as we do women as equality should be because Nightwing <laughs> Canon best butt. So she 
she's got him turned around thusly. Uh, and thusly, but not you're the not kid you hands, which I me. love. Yes, mm-hmm. the adult him, because that's appropriate. A cosplayer did the pose and was just wearing body paint. Oh my so God. it's just this Nightwing cosplayer with just butt out, and it's the pose <laughs> from her art, and it's it went viral and it's fantastic. She shared it, and it was oh, really I funny. Seen that yet. That's so funny. It's good work. So part of the joke, of course, with this is that it doesn't happen to dude characters as a general rule, which is why it gave rise to this sort of. It's hilarious to sort of put that on. A similar thing happened a few years ago with just uh, from a fan art perspective, where they called it the Hawkeye Initiative, yes. and every time there was a particularly egregious cover with a lady bent in an impossible angle. <laughs> Someone would redraw it with Hawkeye on the Marvel side. Great but bit. Dick Grayson in canon now has sort of picked up uh, this trait of having a particularly appearing, appealing physicality, <laughs> uh, especially as pertains to the rear. And uh, Nicholas Scott is amazing and super talented and hilariously alluded to that. And all of her prints are great. But that, that, that one got the notice. Some of the others have been official variant covers for comics. This one I think is just a print. I don't yeah, know. I, I assume it's just someone will eventually do something with it. Oh, yeah. It won't but, be uh, long until that's a cover. <laughs> that's definitely happening. It, it went everywhere this week. Uh, and I think she has four of them and they're all beautiful. There's different uh, variations of costume and age and like different Supermans on his print. It, it, they're yeah. beautiful. Look them up. Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, and now Nightwing. Now Nightwing. Yeah. So the Holy Trinity and, and that Nightwing booty. Uh, <laughs> and, and also check out her work. She's incredible. Yep. Uh, we also found out we oh no we also got a teaser this week for vagrant queen on sci-fi sometimes it seems like things take a hundred years to happen and sometimes it seems like things happen really really quickly didn't we just talk about this like three weeks ago i feel like maybe not that it felt really recent it's Uh, in the last 21 because it was in this room (laughs) yeah uh so a a very small publisher called vault has an independent comic called vagrant queen uh written and created by magdalene bisaggio and i have forgotten her artist name i should look that up uh but they they're sci-fi comic got picked up by sci-fi and is already so far along that we have a teaser. It's so cool. Cool aliens, space shenanigans, and a diehard reference. And sci-fi is just hustling out content. Like five years ago, you told me they're, they're doing indie comics. I would have been like, okay, like they'll do one or two, but sci-fi is just making cool stuff. Like yeah. it's, it's its own strong network now and it makes me really happy because sci-fi was what I watched as a kid for, you know, the crazy stuff that no one else would make and now they're back. That was making... where they played the Mystery Science Theater reruns. Yes, exactly. Comedy Central. That stuff. And now I feel like they're doing that for us, like very yeah. specifically. Uh, so that is all the TV news this week. On the movie side, it looks like Joker is tracking to beat Venom's October record. Now – Venom went on to make $851 million. <laughs> That's a lot of money. I traditionally round up and say, you know, like a billion. And then people get real mad that I round up from 850 to one. And I get it because that's $149 million. But Venom should never have made even close to a billion dollars. So I like the <laughs> allegory because it's insane. But the Joker with a stronger opening plus a Oscar push, all of these things, I don't think it's going to make a billion but I think it might make like $600 million on a nothing budget, and that's crazy. I love the idea. I think there is a very good chance of this beating at least the opening record. I don't know if it will have the kind of like international uh, mm-hmm. success that Venom had because it just – it serves – and like we support – different kinds of movies existing to fill different kinds of needs and you know it seems like Joker is not a popcorn movie Joker is a thoughtful character study and I am dying to see it but yeah. I'm not like I'm I, I'm gonna get it if it doesn't make 850 million dollars because fewer people are looking for that 
uh, I can live with that as long as we all acknowledge that it's going to be a tremendous success and should yes. pave the way for more similarly experimental uh, serious attempts at films. I so, do yay. think this is going to be like what gets us a lot more Logans. I think this will be because the profit margin is going to be crazy. <laughs> like it, it costs no, it costs like a catering budget of Venom, and now it's going to make <laughs> all this money. I'm very excited. I can't believe that a movie with this kind of critical appeal is maybe going to beat the all-time October box office record. That's right. exciting. It's, it's a critical darling to the point of getting a golden lion, and it's facing off the most 90s character of all time in the most 90s movie of all time. It's facing off against the character that was drawn to be the cool 90s take. Also, we get to say sentences like, will Joker defeat Venom? Which, who knew that <sighs> that was life. a sentence you would get to say? Will Joker defeat Venom is a real sentence. You're so right. And we also get to say, will Tom Hardy's will Tom Hardy's Venom defeat Joaquin Phoenix's Joker? That's just weird. Like, like, how <laughs> does that even? Two Academy Award nominated thespians battling it out, playing comic book characters in that's absurd. It's absurd, guys. Next time you're upset, next time you're having a bad day, next time something didn't go your way, if it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, even your year, <laughs> sit down and remember. That there may be a moment where CNN box office analysts are looking at Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and comparing it to Tom Hardy's Venom. And just smile. You'll feel better. <laughs> just smile. Uh, also, that smiling trick, happy face. it not, totally works. Not creepy. Yeah, not a creepy. Not a creepy happy face. But just smiling, I just, I've been doing that lately. Uh, like when I'm in a bad mood, like just sitting and smiling, not terrifyingly, but just smiling. It totally works. That endorphin thing. It could be terrifying. You don't but know. Like when, I mean, I do it by myself. Uh, but no, like when you smile and it, it makes your brain trigger the happy chemicals like you're supposed to be smiling, you can trick yourself into being happier. Have you done this? That is truly weird. Yeah. No. Like, like the muscle memory from this like makes you happy and then you feel happier. Or this is my villain origin story. No, I'm I'm fascinated. <laughs> Next time you're a little down, try smiling, and usually within a few minutes it like turns things around. Interesting. Like it just the the physical because it's all muscle memory, and we're old enough now that we built that to equal positive chemicals, so it turns them on. I'm also curious because you and I spend most of our time smiling. That's true. Uh, so I do have way more, more lines like, that way. <laughs> we we have a lot of muscle memory built up that way. This advice may or may not work for you at home, but try it. Try Why it. Not? Yeah. I don't. I don't know if like Nick Offerman has the same amount of. He is generally furrowed. I bet he does. Oh no, he's so jolly off camera. Good. But I was trying to think of the most furrowed man. Yeah. Under that mustache, always a grin. <laughs> I love you, Nick Offerman. Keep being awesome. Yeah. Uh, and also, we found out there were no sequel plans for Todd Phillips' Joker. Uh, and I, I wrote this note as no sequel plans. Parentheses. Duh. Um, the whole point was an Elseworld. Yeah, like, I, I never... was confused by this until I, I dug deeper because I had missed that there was a point this summer where Todd Phillips indicated if Joaquin and Warner Brothers wanted to make more, I, we would definitely come up with something. What he's saying now is all he meant was, look, I like Joaquin Phoenix and if he wants to make – like, you know, I would be down for whatever. The earlier comments do seem much more like they are hinting at those possibilities. But this makes a lot more sense and is more consistent with everything else that has been said. I think Todd Phillips just hadn't made a comic book movie yet. So every comic book – he didn't know the comic book fan protocol that if you say maybe, it means yes. Right. I would love to work with Joaquin again. Oh, they're making a sequel. They're already filming. Who's the villain? Yeah. <laughs> So uh, no sequel plans for an Elseworld movie that doesn't have Batman in it. Uh, we also got this week, it feels like an eternity ago, but brand new posters for the Joker and they are so, 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 so pretty. Uh, I love the marketing in this movie because it is a smaller film and they're making smaller film choices. I have yet to see any bad Photoshop floating Joaquin Phoenixes. Instead, we get a – 
terrifying, like, melted face uh, with the Joker smear makeup in one. And then the second one, which is my favorite one of any of the posters, is a Joker card with the Joker up top and Joaquin as the flip side of the Joker with the smile being the shared piece. And it is so cool. The playing card thing is truly excellent. I have questions about this earlier one, uh, which uh, has American flag kind of shades to it, which is interesting because I don't think of that as a big element, but we shall see. I, we haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah. yeah people keep – I bought my tickets and I tweeted about it and people are like, oh, you haven't gone to a screening yet? And I was like, no. Uh, so many of our <laughs> – not our, out yet. We're just excited. We're just – yeah, we're just here for it. So many of our people have seen it. We have not. So any of these commentaries are just coming no from the same please. trailers. Also, yeah, please don't tell us anything. Uh, we also got an extended Infinity Saga trailer. If you were at Comic-Con or D23, you might have seen pieces of this. But, but some of us weren't and it was great and you will cry. All of the emotions. Just feel the experience them and then smile after uh, so EW.com has a whole article on it but you can find it on YouTube you can find it on Marvel the Infinity Saga trailer basically has a great summary of giant emotional moments of oh my god we experienced this for 11 years how did this even happen yeah. watching it just makes you realize the scope of what they did with 23 movies it's amazing and it's a beautiful edit and uh, editors don't get enough love you guys reshaped 23 what is it 3000 it was 3000 minutes because uh, that was the that was the joke uh, 3,000 minutes of content into this. Thank you for doing that for us. It's beautiful. Uh, on the other side of editing, Black Widow is wrapping soon and will need to be edited. Uh, Black <laughs> nice. Widow. Nice. Yeah, felt good. That's a good uh, one. Black Widow is almost done filming. Uh, we will be getting the movie next summer, so that's good timing. It makes sense for post-production and all those things. And it's probably not going to be a very CGI-heavy movie compared to many others. So it uh, seems to be right on track. And they also couldn't make D23 because they were actively filming. So they've been hard at work. I'm very excited for this movie. Uh, everything I've seen has that like really intense, uh, visceral flavor that I want from this kind of movie. So I'm very excited. Plus, I don't know the director, and that makes me excited to see her work so I can then discover more. I love New faves! I, yeah, I love discovering through a major property I know new 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 faves. Yeah, yeah. Like Saga. I'm excited. I haven't gotten to talk about Saga in so long because I read it all and I'm on hiatus and now I just find excuses. Uh, we also got a... No spy- wrong time. No wrong time for Saga. <laughs> when Ify said it on the show this week, I was like, oh, he said the S word. Yeah. That's an excuse. Also, if you're listening to this on Thursday, in mere days... Kevin Smith and I go comic book shopping. And spoiler, Set your clocks, people. Spoiler alert. We probably talk about Saga. Because <laughs> a certain compendium came out after I went comic book shopping with Jake Gyllenhaal. So it's not me just using Saga again. No, no. It's a new edition. You're welcome. Uh, we also <laughs> got a Spider-Ham short that is now available online with John Mulaney. One of the great things that came out of Spider-Verse was John Mulaney as Spider-Ham. And there's an entire short. It's on the Blu-ray. But if you're one of those crazy people that don't own the Blu-ray yet. Go buy it and then watch it online. It's very good. Have yeah. you seen it? Yes. It's very good. It's so good. It's just charming. I love Spider-Ham. And we're getting a new mini starting in December. That was just my excitement. For There's us. so much content. I'm excited. November's Disney Plus. A and new mini comics. starting I mean, in December. A mini by which I mean comics. Yes. Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Ham. Who's, who's writing that again? I saw the, the previews. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm blanking. It was someone I was excited by. Uh, yeah. But there's a lot of those good writers out there. Good news. Yeah, we'll see in December. It'll be on our pull list. Uh, we also Here, vamp. I'll look it up. Okay, uh, we also got some not news, but I love that every uh, everywhere was reporting on this. David Holler took a picture with some of the cast members of Eternals. Um, <laughs> now, yes, it was probably near set, but the thing about actors is 
it's a really, really hard uh, schedule. So a lot of times actors are friends with other actors because they can empathize with only seeing them once a year. I think David Holler's just friends with the Eternals. I don't think he's in the Eternals, but I really like the amount of hype because he's killing it on Legion. So the idea that like he's quietly cast, maybe he is, but I think he was just hanging out with his friends. So David Holler in a photo with some of the Eternals. <laughs> It would be cool if uh, he is surprised in that movie, but I don't think we would find out via somebody's social media. Yeah, and I feel like Marvel would be like, hey, maybe don't do that. Dan Stevens was a secret and Dan Stevens wasn't supposed to be. Oh, no, you've leaked it as a friend photo. <laughs> what a weird leak too! like, look at us broing out, getting a beer. Dan yeah. Stevens is here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think Dan Stevens is just friends with everybody, but uh, everyone was reporting it as uh, different news than I think it really is. Red Sun also got its voice cast revealed this week. The animated Red Sun is dropping very soon. I'm not talking over Amy. She is hard looking yeah, for this, this thing. It's this internet funny. will not function, but I think I, I got the first line and that's enough. Uh, Spider-Man number one is coming out from Zeb Wells, that's classic Spidey writer, and uh, art by Will Robson. If I remember correctly, Zeb Wells wrote one of my favorite two-part Spider-Man stories, and it's the one where he... <laughs> Uh, Amy just showed me the lack of internet. Uh, ironically, at this internet-based uh, podcast, we do not receive internet. We only output internet. Uh, <laughs> Zeb Wells, if I remember correctly, wrote this great two-parter uh, Sandman story where Spider-Man is fighting Sandman on the beach and you find out like more about his daughter. And that was my first introduction to Zeb Wells back in the late 90s. So I've been a fan of him for a long time. So him handling Spider-Man makes me very happy. But – on the DC side, Superman Red Sun Animated has revealed their cast and is real, real good. Yeah. Uh, Jason Isaacs is Superman. That's right, Jason Isaacs. Dedrick Bader, who's just a, a treasure, is uh, Lex Luthor. Amy Acker is Lois Lane. She's going to be so She's good. She's going to kill it. Uh, She's going to be so good. Such good casting. Vanessa Marshall is Wonder Woman. She's the first name I don't know. I don't know Vanessa She's uh, huge in animation. Oh, okay. Uh, she's done a ton of stuff you would recognize. She's on Star Wars Rebels. Uh, she's just great. So she's going to be fabulous. Amazing. Okay. So she's a, she's a good one. Uh, Phil Morris is James Olsen. Paul Williams is Brainiac. Sash Roy's who I'm not sure of, uh, and Phil Lamar are Hal... Wait, no. Sa- who is Sasha Roy's playing? Phil Lamar is apparently Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. No, this is poorly. I don't Those know what's going on. Those two are Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Sasha Roy's is Hal Jordan, Phil Lamar, Jon Stewart. Why would they phrase it? So- why would they suddenly change the format of how they're typing this and give me two names? It throws me off. Grammar, I get it. They're both why? Green Lanterns. Uh, English language is tricky. Roger Greg Smith is the goddamn Batman. So <laughs> we have an excellent cast. We've got some animation. We've got some trailer. Uh, Red Sun is a is a personal favorite. Are you excited for the animated? Yeah. They've been doing a bunch of these animated movies that adapt major storylines in a way we don't usually get from live action stuff where they aren't usually picking real specific stories and doing them. Uh, so it's been interesting because they also love to add changes when they do these. Uh, Red Sun has been one that like in retrospect you're like obviously someone needs to eventually do this. Uh, it, it, you know, very excited to see how they expand on it and what it turns into. One of the classic Elseworlds stories. Bring it on. Bring it on. I'm real excited. It's coming. Uh, we also went on top of Micronauts. You, did you see my note? I did. I, that's why I'm like, are we? Because uh, we counting this? Uh, how to Train Your Dragon, I say yes. Yeah. So Micronauts is kind of comic <laughs> insofar as it is toys. But it is famous because, uh, I mean, well, okay, it's famous because the toy line was wildly successful. But it is beloved in comics because the comic run that went with it was one of those 
uh, along with the early G.I. Joe runs that were sort of, everyone was like, these are too good? I'm confused. <laughs> uh, Micronauts is considered a classic early 80s comic book run. Uh, so while they are not a comic book property, we are excited that uh, the live action film we've been hearing about with this possibly interconnected Hasbroverse, uh, some portion of it is happening in some form because apparently... Uh, How to Train Your Dragon director is making a live-action movie of Micronauts. And the How to Train Your Dragon movies rule. Are perfect. Let's do this. Amy, actually, it was one of our first screens. I think we were both at. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3. I cried like a baby. (laughs) And I think I was like one of the first times Amy saw me just openly weeping in a movie. Um, They're everything. If you haven't seen these movies, like – I don't even know how to describe them. They're they're like a, a coming of age story with dragons and Jay Barakel, who is just incredible. Watch them and understand the amount of heart that's going to go into a Micronauts movie through this director. I am so excited. Also, he's a sweetheart. I went to the premiere and we talked about comics for a while, so he's a comic guy, uh, which is great. Uh, and we also got. I don't think you would pick Micronauts if you weren't a comic guy. That's true. Like, like no offense to the Micronauts, just but hanging like, out. Like, eh, feel yeah, like Micronauts. Yeah. Probably make another Transformers spinoff. But Micronauts <laughs> is the comic side, which makes me very excited. Uh, we also, in the world of games, once again, sorry for powering through. we got a lot of stuff. Uh, we have a new Bat game coming, maybe. Question mark? But the game studio tweeted out a teaser image that was retweeted by DC Batman, the official account. Uh, so... Big, very faint question mark is could, what I want to say. Could DC not buy at Batman? Like, was it taken by someone bigger than DC? Like, why is it at DC Batman? Oh, I didn't even think about that. I don't know. Maybe just because it's consistent with the other heroes. Like, because they've just set up these uh, relatively these accounts, recently, yeah. I think, like DC, Superman, DC, Batman, etc. But I can't imagine they couldn't what just... at Batman? Yeah, and like, how could you not buy Superman and Wonder... Like, why... Hold on. <laughs> why are Warner Brothers lawyers not being like, no, no, I don't care if you own this. Let's I'm DC. see if the DC. internet's working so I can look at this. I'm just, uh, I just put that together. I like at DC Batman, but you make an excellent point. As opposed to at Image Batman? So the company that made the third of the Arkham games, which is kind of a departure from the other Arkham games, which are, of course, one of the most acclaimed franchises of all time, some of the best video games of all time. Uh, I'm not even biased. I just think that. Uh, we all think that. Everyone mm. who's played those games thinks that. Yep. Uh, they, they are wonderful games. The third one was kind of a departure. It was by WB Montreal. Uh, and that studio, I believe, has now put out a cryptic teaser that a lot of people are thinking Court of Owls. Into which it. is an interesting uh, framework for that. Uh, we don't know. We don't know what we're getting. Uh, but we they've, they've indicated that there might be a new game coming. And uh, it was retweeted by DC Batman, so I'm excited. I uh, I am actually getting the Arkham games this week. I've never played them. I did play Spider Man, which is the same team. So I am getting the Arkham games this week to prepare for this, and also because I want to feel like I know something about games. And the best way to get me to play a game is put Batman in it. Yeah, uh, now speaking you're gonna, of, oh man, not wait, hold on, I'm excited. I've not played any Arkham game. I've never. Corey, you're going to flip. I did play. I drove. I mean, it's going to be weird to play after Spider Man because Spider Man takes a lot of its right. lessons and turns them into Spider Man, which you are just. That speaks to your DNA. That's, I mean, I got um, it. But, like, you're going to be so impressed. I'll with also these be games. playing these the games writing, on a Spider Man PS4. The music, the direction. Like, Mark Hamill's in one, right? Uh, I believe they got Conroy and Hamill <gasps> for the first one. That's uh, let's make sure I check my facts on that. Okay. Paul Dini wrote. On the first couple, Jesus, it's 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 ultimate Batman times. I'm so like, excited. It, I might miss some episodes. You might miss. If some I'm episodes. not a giant size, I mean, I made it from my Saga cave, so maybe I'll make it from my Arkham cave. But uh, <laughs> I've I've had my Spider-Man PS4 since the game dropped. I, I pre-ordered. I've not opened any of my other games yet. <laughs> I have four other games that remain unopened. You've got a lot going I'm on. I'm the worst gamer. I'm like you a, can't afford to spend sixty hours, but you're gonna. Because I, I welcome got, to Arkham. Batman's happening. Speaking of Batman, hush. 
is coming to Batman Comics. One of my favorite characters is back as drawn by one of my favorite freaking artists of all time. I am a giant John Romita Jr. fan. In fact, he's one of the only artists I haven't met that I know I'm going to make very, very squealy noises and run away if I meet him. Uh, he's, he's coming to L.A. Comic. Oh, I'm going to L.A. Comic Con. Um, Saturday. Uh, I'm doing a panel with Jim Starlin. So I'll be Heck I'll be yeah. moderating some Jim Starling goodness, which means I'm going to try to find John Romita Jr. so I can see him be intimidated and run away uh, <laughs> because I love this man. But Tom King tweeted out that Hush is a part of his last arc with a gorgeous image of Batman and Hush standing in the rain drawn by J.R.J.R. and – Inked by Klaus Janssen, which if you can have inks by Klaus Janssen, you have do. inks by Klaus You definitely Jensen. do. Uh, Tom King and John Romita Jr., like, I don't even know how I'm going to handle that. That's so many things I You're love. You're going to explode. It's going to be a lot, you guys. Uh, also, uh, speaking of Tom King, I was on Fat Man Beyond this week, uh, and I went on a Tom King rant. So if you're a fan of Kevin Smith, if you're a fan of Tom King, if you're a fan of Koi Jandro, check out this week's Fat Man yeah. Beyond. Such an honor. I, like, can't even, like... If you told the kid watching Mallrats when he was seven years old, he would be talking to the man that made that possible about comic books in his home turf, which happened to be a Star Wars cantina. He would have a hard time. He would just not believe any of that sentence. It's a lot like the Tom Hardy Venom Joaquin Phoenix Joker sentence. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I watched that movie when I was seven and realized it was okay to wear a Spider-Man shirt, and it really changed my life. And now I got to talk to Kevin. Speaking of things you should not have done as a tiny child, this is explaining so much. <laughs> I had a weird like okay. You watched which part? Rats at seven, and then oh, you read yeah. Watchmen at nine. Oh, it's a, just part of a normal, healthy childhood. Of course, I did. <laughs> I I was learning about uncomfortable places, like the back of a Volkswagen, at seven years old. I just hope that you later on went. Oh, oh. hey, you know what? That prick from Fashionable Mail was great in Goodwill Hunting because that's was. how I saw it. By yeah. the time by the time that when he was talking that about makes... Goodwill Hunting, I was like, the prick from Fashionable Mail. That's. Hilarious. Because it was a Boston movie, Good yeah. Will Hunting, so everyone in my town was seeing it. And I yeah. was like, why do we care about the Brick <laughs> See, I feel like I saw them all real close together. So he was always the guy from Chasing Amy to me. Oh, got it. That makes a lot of sense. Those movies, they hold up so well. I rewatched them all. I rewatched all the Viewsk Universe to do comic book shopping with Kevin Smith. And <laughs> Kevin and I are neither known for our brevity. So I got to ask like three questions about – I wrote 19 questions per movie. Like I, I did like a thesis paper. Amazing. So one day, me and Kevin are going to sit for three hours and I'm just going to be like, hey, man, I did a lot of prep for this. <laughs> uh, yes. So – in that world, we also got a new creative team on Batman. It was Batman Day this weekend, and we got the big news. I've been waiting all week to talk to Amy about this news. I'm going to let her take it, because this is someone that she introduced me to. Oh, did I? Yeah. That's awesome. Like in person or the work of? The work of. Oh, okay. Well, but like long ago at the comic book store. you're going to be buds, uh, because he's a very nice man. I've met him in real life. He is a lovely human and a very talented writer, and I'm delighted to say that James Tyne in the fourth is picking up the bat reins, to mix my metaphors. Uh... <laughs> Once Tom King finishes, uh, moves to finishing out his story in the pages of Batman Catwoman, we have known that something new was coming, but it was not a reasonable time to find that out yet because the book isn't until January. Yeah. Uh, and now we know that uh, I believe Tony Daniel on art and James Tyne in the fourth writing. Amazing. Uh, he is coming off of co-writing Justice League. He's written a million things. You know his work. You love his work. Uh, and you probably really enjoyed his run on Detective Comics, the other flagship Bat book. Uh, but now he's got the the actual keys to the Batmobile, and I am very, very, very excited to see what they're going to do. I'm very much enjoying his Detective Comics. I am so excited to read what he does with like the Bat book after Tom King. Uh, I 
I've never enjoyed Batman more. Now that now that this run is going for so long, I, I think this is up there with Hush and the Jim Lee stuff. And mm. like I just I'm very I'm a very happy Bat fan. Heck yeah. Uh, we also got news that the Black Crown imprint is shutting down. Yeah, an imprint at IDW that had been run by uh, Shelley Bond, who was a former. Uh, head editor at Vertigo uh, had like come up under Karen Berger and then took over for several years and then went indie uh, and has for the last couple of years been running an imprint at IDW for a bunch of cool artistically daring really interesting books and the good news is those books are not going anywhere uh, IDW plans to keep them around like in terms of you can keep you can buy and read them if you missed out uh, on the Black Crown books uh, we don't know what's next for her uh, yet but hopefully something very cool. So a tribute to Black Crown and uh, taking chances. Yeah, and yeah. The, the imprint thing is very tricky, and we'll see. We'll see where it lands next. Uh, okay, I wrote these down as if we have time, so I don't think we have time for Powers <sighs> of X and Powers of Ten next Koi. week. Next week, because the apocalypse stuff. Koi, what's happening? It's so much. See, here's the thing. I have. Like, I've had all these nitpicky objections to the way they've been behaving so far, and I am fascinated to find out whether I was supposed to be having those reactions or not. Right. And I don't – I honestly don't know yet. You know, I there's a thing that's a big spoiler. Uh, let's next. Uh, let's try to make time next, next time. week. Okay, there's a thing that happened this week that has to be read before we can discuss it. It's a giant spoiler. It's either going to solve or cause a lot of problems. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> I'm very excited. Uh, if we ha- we have okay, a brief conversation. <laughs> Spider Man One. <laughs> the confusingly titled but very nice uh, book that came out last week. J.J. Abrams and his son. Abramses and Sarah Pichelli. Yes. Uh, the, the Abramses and Sarah Pichelli made a beautiful book in which a new Spider-Man is straight up just introduced. A brand new Spider-Man because it is Elseworlds-ish. Yes, it is an Elseworlds-ish take. It is a what-if-ish take, which they sort of did not – I think they wanted that to be a surprise. It so worked. they didn't allude to it in the marketing and I find that very interesting because it's like, oh, OK, that's – Let's do this. But it's a weird thing to have made so much effort to hide. I think they just wanted everyone to experience the story in a certain way. I think J.J. Abrams was like, I only do secrets. Huh? <laughs> like it might have just been J.J. being like mystery box. I suppose. But it's so clearly the premise of this whole story. And it's so clearly not Spider-Man by the time you get – so spoilers for this book. If you haven't read it, stop listening for now and come back and guess and hope. Uh, there's no waving at you. Uh, they kill – Mary Jane very quickly. Yeah, they do. And then Spider-Man is raising a child who develops powers at the end of the issue. And it's basically that story, which is a fun little like Ultimate Spider-Man or D- Ditko era Spider-Man. Like it's it's a, an origin story from a new Spider-Man's perspective. But I don't love that they killed Mary Jane. It's interesting because it, it – like we should get into it when we have time because it's just – it is backdrop to the future that they're working on. Uh, there's a lot of history to interesting potential futures for Spidey where, like, by the time I was like, oh, this is just like a a, a future story, but instead of Mayday, it's a son. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, different backstory events are leading us here. And those are all sort of valid choices. It's interesting to the just, like, the question of what depends on surprise to function versus what uh, virtues arise organically from the story choices uh, is one that I think we should spend more time with when we have more time. Well, well as the story develops, more as the story develops. <laughs> I agree because I will see where it goes. Uh, we had our poll list on this week's heroes, which we will briefly run through right now. Uh, we had Amazing Spider-Man 30, which is the Absolute Carnage tie-in. Absolute Carnage has been very Spidey heavy. I'm really curious what a Spidey book does dealing with Absolute Carnage. I, I, 
Absolute Carnage is so good. Uh, if you're not reading it, all of the spinoffs are actually really solid and our canon and Absolute Carnage is really strong. What do we got, number two? You can throw the word iconic around, and we do. <laughs> but sometimes there's just no other way to describe a team like Chris Claremont and Bill Sienkiewicz on New Mutants. And if I tell you there is new New Mutants from Chris Claremont and Bill Sienkiewicz, you should already be on the way to the store. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pause uh, this. Please pause this. Call your store, go to Comixology, and hit pre-order. Wait, it's already out by the time you're hearing this, so never mind. <laughs> hit buy. Uh, hit buy right now on New Mutants War Children. I haven't read it yet. I don't need to. It's Claremont and Sienkiewicz doing New Mutants. Are you kidding? It's already ordered. It's also, I'm sure, really late, which is why it's coming out in the middle of this Hoxpox thing. But Because uh-huh. uh, remember, they were like, there won't be any other X-Books, but it's like, what, are you going to not publish this? Let's hold off on the Claremont yeah. Sienkiewicz book. Yeah, uh, no, give it to me, put it in my hands. Deadly Class 40 is coming back after a bit of a hiatus. Deadly Class has been off for a bit and I'm very excited to read this because I am reading this is my first new Deadly Class I read 1 through 39 as a binge because of the show which also like that worked the a comic, comic book-, book TV show got me to read a comic I hadn't read heck yeah honestly the emotional point of when you jumped on with something that you had otherwise been catching up to is something that I feel like only comic book fans really get to have. Like, TV <laughs> fans probably get that, too. Like, when you binge something and you jump in with the new season, yeah. you have a different emotional connection to that stuff that is the first new-to-you-as-it-happens stuff. And it's difficult to talk about because everyone has different ones, so it's not like everyone universally has that experience to season three of a show That's or something. That's a cool point. But I love it as, like, a a flavor of fandom, a moment of enjoyment. Your your when you were current and started moving forward point in a series is something really special. So I love that you put this on the list. It is really important to me because I love this comic a lot. And I, so it's really cool to have experienced it as a binge like a lot of people do with trades. And yeah. I'm an issue reader. So now I'm an issue guy. It's, it's exciting. Because both ways of reading are super fun. And but. Deadly Class ends on a bit of a cliffhanger of the show. Mm. But the comic has three twists that happen immediately after the last episode of the show ends. <laughs> so if you love Deadly Class the show, read the comic because it only gets crazier. And things you'd never expect to happen Absolutely happened. Deadly class. Real good. All right. The com- the creative team on Strike Force would have been enough. Teeny Howard and German Peralta, or Herman Peralta, not sure, very sorry, uh, are on a book called Strike Force from Marvel, which is a sort of generic sounding, uh, sounding title. I kind of complained about it earlier. I don't mind the title. It's just that it doesn't tell you you are getting Blade. You are getting Angela. You are getting Spider-Woman. You are getting Wiccan from the Young Avengers. You are getting the Winter Soldier. You are getting Monica Rambeau. And you are getting Damien Hellstrom. And they're all going to team up to deal with some kind of supernatural Marvel nonsense. Uh, and I am thrilled about it. Between this and Savage Avengers, it feels like everyone is just like, yeah, make the best team ever. Just go. Just do it. Uh, it's great. Action we have Comics these characters. Why not? Play. It's a Marvel sandbox. Uh, on the DC side, Action Comics 1015 features Naomi in her first DC comic proper book. She had a great mini series one through six uh, that I love dearly. Wonder Comics. Wonder Comics uh, DC imprint which is so good. Her debut alongside Soups and Batman is this week's Action Comics. I am elated and it takes place moments after six. Naomi is one of my favorite new characters. Uh, I'm going to briefly say in real life there was a great moment on uh, Chris Hemsworth Instagram where someone had a Thanos had a better plan sign. I don't often get political. It was for the climate strike this week. Yeah. The climate strike this week uh, was As happening. our plan is so bad it makes that look good. So check out Chris Hemsworth's Instagram. Thanos had a better plan for Earth, and he took a picture with it, and it made me very hard, very hard, warmed my heart very much. <laughs> it also sounded like I said another thing, which might also be true. Have- Chris Hemsworth, very handsome. <laughs> uh, we also got some. <laughs> Happy five visibility. 
Visibility I'm gonna, Day. Guys. Yeah, Happy Bi Visibility Day. And I also want to say very heart from now on and see how many people stop. Man, I'm so heart right now. Uh, we also. Would, be careful where you drop that's that. That's true. That's yeah. true. I'm going to stay above the Mason Dixon. I'm going to say I'm very heart. Uh, we also have some. <laughs> some shout outs this week very quickly uh, now I didn't warn Amy as I just like threw these shout outs and I did them with notes and every single one of them she wrote Link what I don't get this one some of them I remember seeing but some of them I think I might have missed so for instance what is dog watching titans so uh, the person sent a photo of them uh, their, of their dog watching titans and it was Aww. at Clutter Heroes what the dog was watching so a little note so I'd know so That's yeah beautiful thank I, you the book lover at yearning for West. I cryptically put notes in here and I didn't explain them uh, the uh, uh, the alternative African at the alt native, uh, they just read the sword uh, in one sitting, and this that one made I me definitely saw. So happy! Yeah, thank you for the shout out, the Luna Brothers. We also got Pop Culture Cult at Pop Cult One reread Saga Volume One on our recommendation, and then they the, so they'd read Saga One, didn't really dig it, then read One and Two, couldn't stop. Now they're on to three. Oh, so they went back because I we dug see, it. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so excited. Made me happy. Any Saga Rex? Yes, please. Heck Edward yeah. Harrell at Haskell 420. They got. An arc reactor shift knob on their car. It is dope. That's cool as heck. Shane Magit, uh, Margit, not sure which pronunciation. Apologies. Uh, they got grand design at their library. They are are one of the people that gets library books. Sweaty like, in ordered. the library. I appreciate your sweatiness. I think uh, they're in receiving at the library. Yeah, so they, they made this happen. Yeah, Thank yeah, yeah. you. Uh, Camille Denali, also a Saga shout out. Danzig1979 got Saga for their birthday. Got the entire compendium. All 54 issues. That is a great wife, a great birthday, a great life. On your excellent life choices all of them. and uh, your new saga. Top to bottom. I'm thrilled about all of it, frankly. And final shout-outs came in just today. Uh, the Ryan C. Project, Travis Schaefer, just finished Chapter 4 of Saga, said, what is this? It's like the creatures of Narnia thrown in the universe of Star Wars, written by Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Excellent nerdgasm. Enjoy that. Uh, and then a bunch of people are talking about Saga on my Twitter right now. So next week, there'll be more Saga love. Heck we'll get to yeah. questions next week. Thank you all so much. Uh Oh, that was so much talking. I just had to ramble. How are you, Amy? Great. I so, love doing this. I just had to yell it's so shout much out fun. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being the reason we get to do this and just draw about cool stuff happening in the world of comics and superheroes. It's pretty great. Yeah. And until next week, stay, stay sweaty. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 